0: You are locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah. (laughs) What is good, Houdat Asian, and welcome to Locked On Saints brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here at Ross Jackson ASC on Twitter, your host, covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at AllSaintsConsidered.com. Welcome, as always, to all of our first time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. that family, welcome into today's episode as we kick off this next week here at Locked On Saints. Another big win for New Orleans at home as they beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 31 to 24. And I am hype. I'm hype again, y'all. It's another win, another Victory Monday type episode. Y'all know how I get. you know how I get on the Victory Mondays. We'll recap the game. Then we'll take a look at what we like versus what we didn't like, just like last week. And then we'll dig into another what we were told versus what actually happened. And because I, I feel like we learned a lot this week. I feel like we learned a lot of things. So we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Here we go again. The Saints get another win without Drew Brees. Teddy Bridgewater, 3-0 as the starter, and what a game he had, leading the Saints to a 31-24 victory, which again, much like the Seattle game, the final score is a little bit closer than the game itself actually was. Garbage time touchdown to uh, Chris Godwin late in the game when the Saints were playing some off coverage, playing some soft coverage. Didn't like seeing it, but they let that touchdown happen. Chris Godwin's second touchdown in the game, but you the saints absolutely absolutely controlled this game pretty much the entire way through uh let's hear first before we jump into the recap what coach payton had to say about teddy bridgewater's performance during this win he got into a rhythm and i felt like we did a good job protecting form we got the ball down the field more and you know the guys made some plays a bunch of different guys made plays so i was i was happy to see you know some of the longer throws and the way he played. Teddy Bridgewater had himself a day against this Tampa Bay secondary. We talked about how weak this Tampa Bay secondary was. They got even more weak during this game, or weakened even further. Let me let me let me use my proper English here. Weakened even further uh, during this game because of a helmet to helmet hit that caused Carlton Davis to get ejected from the game. Teddy Bridgewater threw a touchdown early to get started. Then he threw an interception that bounced off of Alvin Kamara's hands. It was placed on Alvin Kamara's back hip. So you could look at it however you want to look at it but either way the interception actually seemed to help Teddy Bridgewater snap into action he then completed the next 11 straight passes then went on for the rest of the game to throw three more touchdown passes yes Teddy Bridgewater over 300 yards 314 yards on 26 completions four touchdowns in the game he was absolutely outstanding and he's everything he was everything in this game that Saints fans had wanted to see from him he was he was efficient uh, 26 of 34 he got those long passes out the the longest air completion according to Next Gen stats was 43.6 yards. We saw him scramble, we saw him create, we saw him get the ball out quickly, make quick decisions. He did everything that it was that Saints fans had been clamoring to see him do over the course of these last 3 weeks. And The thing that I love about it is that even though those stats are up there, 26 of 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, 131.2 passer rating, all of the stats are there for the first time. Four touchdowns for the first time since 2015, over 200 yards for the first time since 2015. But despite all of that, he doesn't change his tone. He's still saying the exact same thing that he was saying weeks ago when he wasn't putting up those numbers, that the stats don't matter and the wins are what counts. You know, it's a team sport about today was running off the field, running in this tunnel, seeing the smiles on the fans' face. Wow. That's the number one thing in on my mind when I wake up on game day not about the numbers. I love that. I just love hearing him not change his tone there. It's easy to say that the stats don't matter when you're not putting them up, but to keep that same rhythm, to keep that same energy when you are putting up the stats and when they are there, that's just playing good leadership. You're worried about the team. You're not worried about yourself. You're not invested in yourself. And that makes sense for a guy whose career almost ended. He's just excited to be out there and playing the game and getting the opportunity to do what it is that he loves to do and what he's showing everyone that he can still do and do well. So more of the same from Teddy Bridgewater in terms of his demeanor and also more of the same from this Saints defense absolutely demolished the Tampa Bay offense that put up 55 points on the Los Angeles Rams last week they made the the, the Saints defense did they made the LA Rams defense look like it was high school football (laughs) I mean they played out of their minds the defensive line in particular was fantastic Marshawn Lattimore was fantastic too of course we have to shout him out he shadowed Mike Evans on 40 three of 53 offensive snaps according to next gen stats and didn't allow a single reception on three targets he goose egged mike evans entirely remember the time that marshall Lattimore played mike evans uh, i think it was his first the first time that they ever met up and Mike Evans was held to one catch for 13 yards, and we thought that was impressive. Goose egg this time. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore did not let that dude show up at all. Now, conversely, Chris Godwin did have a big game, uh, over 120 receiving yards, two touchdowns, but we expected it was going to be one or the other. Essentially, they took away all of the options for Jameis Winston, who only threw for 204 yards on 15 completions. He was sacked six times. Its defensive front continues to be fearsome. Let's hear a little bit about what, Cam Jordan had to say about the way that that defensive front played. It's a great feeling. Uh, when everybody's part of the set, I, it feels like Oprah came in. You get a sack, you get a sack, you get a sack. In fact, I'm pretty sure DA came in and was like, everybody gets a sack. Um, but when you talk about, you know, uh, just what that mentality that we have, that, you know, eventually we're going to break down an offensive, offensive line. Um, that's what you need. And it really was like uh, Oprah just showed up and started handing out sacks to the Saints defensive line. Two for Marcus Davenport, and then Malcolm Brown, Sheldon Rankins, Carl Granderson, and Cam Jordan all got one as well. Many of them had tackles for a loss. Also, I think it was eight different tackles for a loss during this game, and then several quarterback hits. It looks like eight quarterback hits as well. So they got after Jameis Winston and kept him uncomfortable. They put the pressure on him, and that's one of the big ways that they kept this Buccaneers offense limited so that they were able to walk away with a win in New Orleans. So now that we've heard from players and coach, we're going to take a look now at a little bit of a deeper look, what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll take a look, too, at what we to- what we were told versus what actually happened. But before we get there, I need to tell you about one of our sponsors today, and that is Roman. Now, Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. Plus, why are you giving yourself only 10 seconds anyway? Different matter. The folks over at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Roman swipes are clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, and don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great and they will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Now, Get $10 off of your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL for $10 off and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. All right, at Nation, time for us now to dive a little bit deeper into this game, talk about what we liked versus what we didn't like. And I'm not going to lie to you, the what we didn't like list for me is pretty short this time around. So I think we should just start there, get it out of the way. A couple of little things that I didn't like, not really sure why on a fourth and two and you're you know, deep in scoring territory, you don't just kick a field goal as opposed to trying to throw a bubble screen. I, I get the idea if you convert, then you get to burn more time off the clock. But if you kick the field goal, it's a three score game at that point three possession game, and you, you don't have to worry about the stress of an onside kick at the end of a game. If, you, if they score the touchdown, they're still down two uh, two possessions at that point, down 10. So anyway, that, that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me. So let me let me actually set the scene here so that you know actually what the hell I'm talking about as opposed to me just babbling on about it. Um, the, the Saints led a drive, a very nice drive, uh, from uh, 5-14 left in the fourth quarter, all the way down, ticking the clock down to a minute and 16 seconds left. It was a fourth and three. Teddy Bridgewater then completed a pass to the right side of the field to uh, Michael Thomas for no gain. It was a bubble screen, basically. Not even a bubble screen. It was just a wide receiver screen. And I guess the idea was it's a minute, 16 seconds left on the clock. Tampa Bay didn't got any timeouts left. So if you convert the first down on a safe play like a screen, then you don't have to worry. You, know, you can just run the clock out at that point and game's over and then you win, you know, 31 to... Uh, what was it, 17 at that point. But also, if you just kick the field goal there, you go up 34-17, makes everything just a little bit easier for you uh, in case they do drive down the field and score, which is exactly what they did. They ended up driving down the field in a minute, and oh, less than a minute, actually 57 seconds, and scored a touchdown, Jameis Winston, on a 26-yard pass to Chris Godwin. So you do that, then you have to deal with the stress of an onside kick, which ended up going out of bounds, and it wasn't really all that stressful at all. But I just don't understand why not just kick the field goal there. I'm sure Coach Payton will be asked that, and we'll get an answer to that at some point throughout the week, but that was one of the things that I, I didn't like. Just kick the field goal. Go up three points, and and also give him my Will Let's fantasy points, Sean. Stop being so damn greedy, and then my other what I didn't like kind of comes around that exact same moment, that 57-second uh, drive for a touchdown. The soft defense, you know, when you're up, you've been playing dominating defense all game. You know, Mike Evans isn't catching any passes. Chris Godwin's, you know, scored a touchdown, but mostly been held in check. You've got no run game going. You're getting out the quarterback, three sacks, the possession before when you got after Jameis Winston. So then all of a sudden you you get carved up 10, 11 yards, 10 yards, 10 yards, eight yards, 16 yards, 26 yards, touchdown. Uh, What, what are you doing? (laughs) I get it. Like, I mean, it's kind of the same thing that we saw during the Seattle game, right? To where they were just trying to keep everything in front of them. Let it be what it is. Don't worry about it. Let them catch the passes, keep them, tackle them inbounds, keep the, uh, keep, keep the, um, the clock rolling, all that stuff. But I mean, look, listen to this drive. They went first and 10, first, and 10 first and 10 first and 10 first and 10 second and 10 thanks to uh, an incomplete pass to Chris Godwin and then first and 10 and then touchdown so they just move the ball kind of at will and I get it keep it in front of you tackle him in bounds but you also don't don't give off the touchdown man like don't give up the touchdown to keep that and I know Sean Payton was not happy about that you can see it on the sideline uh, so I'm sure that they'll be dealing with that in terms of how they approach that defense moving forward late in games because then all of a sudden it becomes a one possession game if they do recover that onside kick then you have to, you know, look, they only had 13 seconds left. Had they recovered the onside kick, they might have had 12, 11 seconds left at that point. Had that happened, very unlikely that anything would happen. But we've seen that it takes miracles for the Saints you know, to beat the Saints in the past. Don't give me any shot at a miracle. Don't do it. And I'll throw in one more what I didn't like. And this this isn't a Saints thing, but Carlton Davis, I don't like you. I don't like you. I don't like the fact that you hit. Jared Cook with your helmet, you got ejected, and then you smiled your way out the building. Like, feel some remorse, dude. I don't like that. I don't like that. That's all I have for that. Anyway, let's jump to the to the important stuff here. Let's talk about what we liked. And I have to start, first of all, we know Teddy Bridgewater. We talked about it. 26 of 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, completing deep passes through the air, getting Michael Thomas rolling. Michael Thomas hits the list for what we like as well. Hard for him not to. He was just absolutely outstanding. And the communication between Teddy Bridgewater and, um... And uh, Michael Thomas was absolutely insane as well. Michael Thomas caught 11 passes on 13 targets, 182 yards and two touchdowns, including a long of 42 listen to some of these longs 42 for michael thomas he had a couple of long passes and a lo- couple of long catches 33 for Ted Ginn jr that was on his touchdown 26 to josh hill as well so you saw them really be able to move the ball down the field that tamp you know that 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 tampa bay man defense they were able to take that apart uh jared cook got involved in this game he got four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown despite being walloped in the head by carlton davis it, he he looked great Taysom hill even completed a pass The Saints had three different players complete a pass because you know what? Alvin Kamara even got into it and had a little fun. He completed one pass for 18 yards to Josh Hill, a 118.7 passer rating for the running back. Not too shabby. Alvin Kamara, uh, again, for the, I think it's the fourth game. Yeah, fourth game so far this season. He only did this five times last season, but for the fourth game this season saw 20 total, te- 20 total touches. So that's a fun one to say. 20 total touches. And the Saints remain, by the way, undefeated when Alvin Kamara touches the ball. 20 times or more in a game since he was drafted not just this season since he was drafted when he touches the ball 20 or more times in a game the Saints are undefeated so keep feeding Alvin Kamara he only had uh, well not only he had 62 rushing yards in this game he was only the first running back that the Bucks have faced this season that has rushed for more than 45 so he was still effective on 16 carries the Saints all together had over 100 yards rushing that was the first time that that's happened against Tampa Bay Tampa Bay was holding defenses to just over 52 yards per game on the ground the Saints said nah not us we ain't like that and they came through and ran and then of course chewed them up through the air as well Uh, again Teddy Bridgewater Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill all completing passes Taysom Hill didn't truck anybody in this game unfortunately I guess I can add that to my I didn't like section but that's okay I'll be fine um, the other thing that I loved in this game was, of course, the defense, but specifically the pass rush. We talked about how it, this game was going to be decided in the trenches. Whoever wins, whoever defensive line wins the matchup against the other team's offensive line, was probably going to win this game. The Saints allowed no sacks. There was no Shaquille Barrett. He had one tackle in this game. He was the Mike Evans of the defense. Just disappeared. Got got locked up. They won't let him out like Acon. He was done. He was not at all a factor in this game. The Saints, on the other hand, six total sacks. I, I, I named this off already, but I'll do it again. Two by Marcus Davenport. And then you had one each by, I have the names right here, Malcolm Brown, Sheldon Rankins, Carl Grandison and Cam Jordan. So this defensive line was busy. You'll notice that none of those are linebackers. None of those sacks came from blitzers. That was all the defensive line. Six sacks by five guys all playing on the defensive line. This is what the Saints needed to have from their pass rush. This is what they had from the beginning of the year and that they needed to sustain throughout, and they've done an outstanding job doing it so far. Shout out to them. And then, of course, finally, lastly, on my list... I'm going to have to put Marshawn Lattimore. Absolutely outstanding. We're going to talk a little bit more about him in detail in the next segment in the what we were told versus what actually happened segment. But second week in a row, he shut down a number one receiver, Amari Cooper, last week. And then now this week, Mike Evans in in a big way. Again, goose egging him. Absolutely no stats recorded outside of the three targets that he was never able to take advantage of. Outstanding game for Marshawn Lattimore. And he is the absolute right person to top off this list of things that we like against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the New Orleans Saints. All right, so coming up next, we're gonna jump into what we were told versus what actually happened. It's a short list, but it's a fun one, so we'll get to that. But first, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats tab help you get to your favorite live event. Just enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. All right, Huda Nation, we're gonna close out today's episode taking a look at a little bit of what we were told versus what actually happened. And I have to start off with the first one, which is all these people talking about Teddy Bridgewater and uh, look I'll admit that he is a game manager and that's one of the things that he does very well but to say that he is strictly only a game manager does not put the ball in the air can't complete deep passes can't push the ball down the field yada 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 and I just kept saying and listen let me let me be clear about this too y'all know if y'all have been listening to me long enough, y'all know I'm not an I told you so person. So that's not where I'm going to come, come at from. Oh, sorry, that's not where I'm going to come from with this. But it is imperative for us to understand that Teddy Bridgewater is still a very good quarterback and is still a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. This guy is not a washed up has been he's 26 years old y'all 26 he's still very young it's still very young for this league considering that you know the quarterback that plays ahead of him is 40 plus so we we don't get to talk about Teddy Bridgewater as if he's washed up the guy completed passes of 20 26 33 34 42 yards in this game he he can push the ball down the field and what I loved, and I, this is just something I observed from the Fox uh, uh, commentary, and they must have talked about this during the production meeting, but they were, must have said something like, yo, I need you to push the fact that the Saints are calling shot plays so that we can erase this narrative that they're not trying to push the ball down the field with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback, and then they didn't have to do it anyway, but they would not stop talking about, oh, well, that was a shot play. There was a shot built in that play, but the Bucks had it nicely covered, didn't really have anywhere to go, yada, 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 and they kept talking about it, and then eventually he got to the points where he was able to start hitting those passes. Then they didn't need to talk about anymore because he was taking those shots and he was completing those shots. So let's stop with all of this. Teddy Bridgewater can't push the ball down the field. Teddy Bridgewater can't complete passes. Check down Charlie type stuff. The dude can play the game. He's going to get you wins. He's not going to lose you games. He doesn't make mistakes. Keep in mind that both of the interceptions that he's thrown since he's been the starting quarterback for the Saints were not entirely on him right? There were, the look, ball placement could have been better on both. He was scrambling on one. He put the other one a little bit behind Alvin Kamara, but it was still on his back hip. It's still within his frame. He's made that catch several times. Came off his hands. It happened. Same thing with Ted Ginn Jr. Left up, got the ball in his hands. We know Ted Ginn Jr. has a reputation for drops. We don't see it all the time. We see it a lot less in New Orleans than we saw him do it in Carolina and in Miami. Don't get me wrong, but we know that it happens to him. You can't sit there and say that Teddy Bridgewater, is going to lose you games because he simply is not. And now he showed you, not only is he going to not lose you games, but he showed you on Sunday he can win you games as well. All right, our next one here, what were we told? Well, according to Skip Bayless and others, Marshawn Lattimore did a great job locking down Amari Cooper because Amari Cooper was was hampered With an injury. He was dealing with an injury. And that's why Marshawn Lattimore was so effective against him, against Dallas. And that won't be a repeat, yada yada, yada. So now we get to week five. And what actually happened? Marshawn Lattimore, I'm sorry, excuse me. Let me use his appropriate name here. Lockdown Lattimore locked up yet another number one wide receiver, one of the toughest in the division, Mike Evans, who, by the way, just understand the fact that Mike Evans is a big human, is just a huge person and Marshawn Lattimore again this is not the first time he's done this he's done this several times before let me say a couple times before since he's only been in the league this is his third year but he's done this a couple times before where he has locked down Mike Evans this is nothing new this is something we have seen before and we've seen him do and he did it again he's just never erased him the way that he erased him on Sunday for the oh man like there was just there was no Mike Evans on the field there was absolutely no Mike Evans on the field Marshawn Lattimore did outstanding and it wasn't just because Amari Cooper was hurt that that he was able to cover him. He locked him down. Two wide receivers, two number one wide receivers in a row. And now he's got a little bit of an easier task coming up against the Jaguars, but still got to worry about these guys. DJ Chark, former LSU Tiger, big time deep threat. And then you look at the rest of those wide, that, that's all ja- That's all Jacksonville has is deep threats. Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, they're all deep threats. Chris Conley, I guess, might be your your, your big bodied guy. So it'll be interesting to see how they deploy Marshawn Lattimore in this game. But after seeing uh, DJ. Uh, DJ Chark go over 100, 180, 180 something receiving yards this week, again, it, it, you're probably going to see Marshall Lattimore shadowing him because DJ Chark's coming alive in Jacksonville and that's going to be another fun matchup to watch. But I'm just excited. I'm just going to, that's me, that's me just dusting my hands off because I just, I just know Marshall Lattimore is going to take care of him and give him the business. And finally, for what we were told, uh, that Tampa Bay offensive line was so good against Los Angeles Rams, shutting down, Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews and and Dante Fowler and just that defensive line that is so good in Los Angeles that fearsome fearsome defense over in Los Angeles Grr, they're so mean the Saints come through they play against that exact same offensive line no changes six sacks <laughs> six sacks absolutely and you could say oh well it's because you know the Saints were at home and so they had the home field advantage they had dome field advantage but don't forget that the the, the Bucks also did that against the Rams in the Coliseum. Now, we all know that the Rams' home field advantage does not compare at all to the Saints' home field advantage, but you're going to tell me that that Bucs' offensive line was great because of everything that they did against the Rams, and that the Saints' defensive line was able to get six sacks on them, including two from Marcus Davenport, who I should have actually put on my last list in terms of uh, 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 of what we liked from the last game, because you, mean, you know what? No, I'm going to put it on this list. I'm going to put it on this list. Uh, the late addition, Marcus Davenport is added to this list because what? What were we told that he was going to be a bust that he didn't look good in the preseason so therefore he wasn't going to look good, good look good in the regular season two first round picks was too much for him and look at what he's doing so far this season last year in his rookie year the man played 13 games had 22 tackles 12 of them solo, six tackles for a loss, four and a half sacks, and a fumble force. This year, he's already got 15 tackles, eight of them solo, two tackles for a loss, three sacks. He's only a a sack and a half behind his total from last year, five games in and in one fumble force. So he's already tied that up. This guy is producing and he's just going to get better you understand he's just going to get better he doesn't even have a full vocabulary of pass rusher moves yet what this dude is only going to get better and when you look at what the rest of this defensive line has done Sheldon Rankin's getting a set, we got to see the shimmy in the game Get to see the shimmy going on from Sheldon Rankin's it incredible and so you're either telling me that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line isn't as good as they thought that they were against Los Angeles Rams which I, I told you that before the game but also You're telling me that the Saints defensive line is one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. If not the best in the NFL, they have been absolutely incredible. Again, six sacks for the Saints team, all of which five guys on the defensive line, no sacks from blitzing linebackers or secondary, anything like that, all from the front four. Alright, y'all, that is gonna do it for today's episode of Locked On Saints. Thank you so much for joining me. I was a little goofy throughout this episode, just having a lot of fun watching the Saints team. Uh four and one. Now, four and one, three and no oh, without Drew Brees. This is a special season because this team looks good. This team looks really good right now, and Drew Brees ain't even back yet, so well, we haven't even seen their final form, I guess is the best way to say it. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you, all everybody, for coming through. Uh, make sure that y'all, we haven't used this in a while, but make sure that y'all are uh, calling up the Locked on Saints listener line so that you can leave your thoughts on what it is that the Saints have done so far, how you're liking watching these games. Uh, I, I want to hear more from you. I, I want to get back to making the show a little bit more you involved. So 504-229-4265 or join the Locked on Saints Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash Locked on Saints and drop your thoughts and questions there. Just want to share some more of your thoughts as we move forward. So that's going to do it for today. Y'all know how the rest of the week rolls. Crossover Wednesday on Wednesday, going deeper into this Jacksonville game coming up, and we'll continue to recap this game. Pro football focus grades tomorrow, personnel group analysis later on, and then comments, questions from you toward the end of the week as well. Thank you so much, everybody, as always, for coming through. Once again, I am Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at RossJacksonASC. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show, and don't forget, forget if you haven't already go ahead and subscribe drop that five-star rating and review thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust to that nation i'll holla at you